for some football? You want the noise brought on you? Because here it comes. What? The noise brought on you? Because here it comes. Just hike the ball, my job. Yes! Grab case and football! That's what Maryland does! Welcome in, everybody. This is Crab Cakes and Football, episode 7, rebrand of the Holy Sports Podcast and everything else. I'm going to keep changing it until I get something that I want to stick with, and I think I got to win it right here. So we've taken it from the global and all this other outreach, and I just want to focus on the local stuff because I'm a DMV kid, so I'm down here in the middle of PG County right now, and this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the stuff that matters to us, our local news cycle, giving you that weekly thing, so that way I can kind of spread out this audience a little bit more. We are going to be the DMV's number one sports podcast. You know what I mean? The brand is Josh Strong like that, you know? So we're just taking a twist. We're going to keep focusing on that. We're going to give you all of your best news, interests, and topics surrounding Wizards, Ravens, at the moment the Washington football team, or whatever they skins rebrand themselves to, we'll eventually cover that as well. And we just can jump right into it. We speaking of the Washington football team. So let's get into what has happened or transpired this last week and a half. So we've gone from will there be a football season and the entire NFL trying to just lay low, right? Because it's a no news cycle right now. So almost everybody's been on their P's and Q's and their best behavior just to avoid drama. But not the Washington football team. In the midst of no news coming out, they have somehow managed to find a way to take headlines for wrong reasons. So we talk about what's been happening in the DMV, which is no new news to us local people, which is people want the Redskins name to be changed. And a large portion of this movement has came from people outside of the fan base. Me being one of them, I've been outside of this fan base for a while, although living within the DMV, I'm not necessarily a Washington football team fan. So, uh, but to be objective, because we want to cover them, we want to make sure that locally they still get their voices and opinions heard as if that wasn't enough change that needed to happen between just the namesake and the logo and all of this you have sponsors pulling out left and right and you would think oh maybe they're pulling up because they're refusing to change the name no they're cutting ties and cutting bait because of the damaging washington post article that came out where you have 15 individuals that were employed by the redskins that came forward almost in a me too like fashion to say They've been mistreated at their workplace environment. Now, a lot of this is hearsay. A lot of this is uh, not proven just yet. And I don't want to speak too far ahead of that because a lot of the facts are still coming out as of this recording. Um, But if what is alleged is true, you got a lot of explaining to do beyond just your namesake that is marginally offensive. So, Where I'm getting at with this is you have no news cycle that's supposed to be happening and you're managing to piss off not only people within the sports world, but people outside of the sports world and even a large group of Americans that are thinking, how are you abusing this power that you have so much in this point in time, in this era and still allowing it to continue? I mean, from the coach allegedly being on cocaine you have ex cheerleaders saying that they had they were taken overseas and had their passports taken until their the friends or donors were satisfied 
you're talking naked photo shoots, things like that. It's just nasty, okay? It's slimy and I don't like it. It's weird. And in this particular time, this particular fashion, this was the one time that you did not need no news coming to surface. It was almost better to not be with anything, but we'll move past that. We'll move past that. So while we're here right now, we're going to be talking about why the name change and what it actually means. And I think that the announcement, the Redskins are kind of trying to get over the Washington Post article that just came out. Let that die down. They don't necessarily want to make an announcement of what the name change is going to be in the middle of them trying to defend a culture that has been built to be this toxic animal. And they're kind of putting a lot of this on Ron Rivera to be the the ship guider, if you will. And I, I like the move. I think the move foretold what was to come because you went from what allegedly is in this article of Jay Gruden, who's partying with players, who's on drugs at most of the time, who is benching players because they are sleeping with the uh, they're sleeping with his side pieces. I mean, it's just, it's messy, but you go from that to the complete opposite of that, right? So you hire Ron Rivera, a minority head coach um, of ethnic descent, a head coach that is known for his militant, no nonsense, big brother, you know, father type of attitude and mantra and just the way he carries himself. I mean, you couldn't find any more of a complete opposite hiring Ron Rivera coming from Jay Gruden and the Bruce Allen regime. So you're putting him almost as the poster boy to carry out this change vehicle that you're going to entail. And I am optimistic about it, right? I want the best to happen for the NFL as a whole. And the NFL as a whole, I think is better when teams are competent and when they have upstanding people put in front office positions to be able to contribute to a franchise in a positive way. So while we're looking at it, we're thinking of this name change. And right now it looks like beyond the Washington Post article, there's actually a realtor who is taking all the trademarks for all of the potential names that it could be. Now, it sounded like he was doing this as a joke a long time ago and he's been accumulating them up. But now he probably stands to make a significant under the table payoff just because one of the most fan favorite one uh, name changes, which is the Washington Red Wolves, he already has. So if the powers that be in Washington decide to go with the Red Wolves, now you got to pay this guy. And chances are it's not going to be cheap. So we'll wait to see what that happens with. But when we talk about sponsorship dollars and what the Redskins have to lose or what they have to gain, I mean, changing the name for some people felt like, why not just change it? You're a bad team anyway. People will just adjust. And then you pull the numbers up. And as of September 2019, I actually did not know this until I looked it up. But as of September 2019, the year, the football year of 2019, just last year, the Redskins finished top five in the entire NFL in just team apparel sold a whopping $493 million in gross sales just off of fans buying gear with the Redskins logo on it. Now this is prior to 
the name having to be changed or the announcement that the name is changed. So this isn't just people buying, you know, merchandise because of nostalgic value because they won't be able to get it anymore. This is legit, right? In the home of the DMV where you have two really good football teams, you have, well, one really good football team, one historic team. We'll put it that way. You have the... You have the Redskins who finished top five. This is a team that hasn't been to the playoffs since Kirk Cousins wore the uniform. This is a team that hasn't made a meaningful playoff run since I've been alive and I'm 28. I mean, I was born the year they won the Super Bowl. So it's like, <laughs> ah, I digress, but we'll see, man. But like I said, that that is why the Redskins have been so reluctant to change that name and that moniker because you finish in top five in sales. It's It's got to mean something, right? And that's not your talent speaking for itself. That's just the years of traditionalists and having a large fan base. So when we speak of stadiums because this was a big talking point in changing the name in the first place, right? Dan Snyder has gone to, I believe, the Obama administration and different powers that be in D.C. to try to get a new stadium deal. However, they have been rejected due to the offensive term of the moniker that the Washington football team has. So now you have to think about weighing my options, right? Now, when we talk about stadiums, let's bring up everybody's first Washington Redskins football experience, which for the most part, starts off with you grabbing some good deal on StubHub for some level 200 seats. I'm going to be right in the middle of the field. I can see all of the action, which, by the way, after this Washington Post article, we realized that the Redskins were reselling their own tickets on StubHub at a higher price, whatever. But you got these seats. You're excited. Get a good deal. You pull up the Redskins Park or FedEx Field. You are finding some street parking for about 30 to $40. And then you have to walk about half a mile just to realize you could have just got a parking pass for cheaper and then walked a lot less, but I digress. And then you finally get there. You go get yourself a good, some good snacks, right? Get a drink. You go past security. They don't care what you're bringing in. I've gotten in Redskins park with far worse than what I should have. You get to those seats and then you're ready to look at this game and you look up and it's a, fucking pillar in front of you how many of us have that first experience at redskins park behind a god dog cement pillar i'm talking that's crazy man these are the one things that just cannot happen in the stadium right and if you look at it you you do the virtual experience you're looking around you're seeing all the good angles that you can see the game at, and then you're behind a cement pillar looking up at a 20 inch non-hd tv it's ridiculous but real Redskins fans know about this pillar because they ridicule everyone who continues to buy this seat. And it's always in a way fan because all of the home fans know that this exists. So there's a lot at stake. And hopefully when the Redskins do get another stadium, they do not have any more pillar seats. Okay. Now, big season ahead, right? We got a new quarterback this year with new expectations and we're looking at not necessarily a new quarterback i'm sorry but this is the first year where it's his team last year you start off with case keenum 
and we saw how things went. And now you have in that quarterback room, QB1 is Dwayne Haskins. And so far that on this summer IG, he's winning, right? He's working out with everybody and he's looking good. He's got a lot of people coming to his workouts. It looks like he dropped some weight. He may need the weight if he gets a little beat up. I don't know about the Redskins offensive line, but we'll see. You know, maybe him being lighter is going to help. I personally don't think so. Um, If you're a quarterback, you get hit a lot. Sometimes you need a little bit of that extra weight. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is going to win too many foot races in the NFL. So you being lighter, I don't know if that serves your purpose or not. But it looks like he has something to prove. And he's got a good staff around him now. Uh, The staff that Riverboat Ron is bringing in, uh, you got... You got some good folks there that helped a abysmal Carolina quarterback room last year uh, succeed in some ways. Now, they weren't great by any means. And, yes, they had Christian McCaffrey kind of toting that rock. But at the same time, they had some interesting play concepts and designs. uh, And he'll bring that experience over here to Washington, which will be great. But the main thing of what they're going to be doing, I think, is trusting Riverboat Ron, right? And Riverboat Ron believes in the fundamentals of football, right? Trenches, good defense. And as far as the offense is concerned, I think that year one, he just wants to see what he has. Because a lot of those skill positions, offense alignment, yes, it's scheme, scheme, scheme. But sometimes you need to see them within your scheme and what they can and can't do. Right. So from there, I think it's a matter of chemistry seeing what develops, what's safe on offense, what can he depend on from the defense, how he can get the running game involved and properly going. I think that this is going to be a culture change all the way 100% up and down. All right, so we're heading up the parkway. We're going to Baltimore, and let's see what the Ravens have to offer. And what we can see is the Ravens have a ton of expectations, and they should. You have MVP of the league, a defense that just had an offseason of the ages. Largely, most of the pieces returning from a very promising squad last year. This team's going to be hard to beat. Teams are most definitely going to adjust and attempt to stop Lamar at any point, any possible way. But when it comes down to it, the Ravens are creative and they're physical. And that's a dangerous concept to really fathom if you're a defense somebody that has finesse but also is going to punch you in the mouth it's not something that's going to keep you on your toes and that's something that a lot of these teams in nfl especially in the afc are just going to have to deal with for looks like a long time so when we talk about the ravens i mean again teams are going to try to adjust but we're looking for them in my opinion to add just maybe one more receiver and we saw a lot of flirt with antonio brown I wouldn't mind it. I mean, at this point, for all it's worth, I know Antonio Brown, the head case, the blah, blah, blah. He he showed in hard knocks last year when we were looking at the Raiders going through training camp and the whole season, the defense was eating Derek Carr alive. And he showed up for one practice and completely reevaluated that entire cornerback room. He torched every single one of them. He played one game last year for the New England Patriots and 
was productive for a system he had no idea what he was even doing. He probably barely knew any of the plays or routes. He just got told, hey, run this and do that and still caught touchdown, man. It's incredible. But it looks like a lot of his legal troubles are at least being settled, calmed down, and put behind him. Who knows what the NFL is going to do now that Roger Goodell is claiming that he's not judge, jury, and executioner anymore. We'll see. But for the most part, I would like to see the Ravens add one more solid wide receiver because right now they kind of got a lot of the same characters in the room. And they have some variety in depth, but none of them are jumping out to me, right? Your Miles Boykins, your Willie Sneed, they're not really jumping out to say, I'm going to be that number two guy right now because Hollywood's clearly the number one. Now, what I like that they did, I do like Devin DuVernay out of Texas. He reminds me a lot of Percy Harvin. He's that type of player. But for me, I think Hollywood could use a bona fide threat so he can eat on that uh, hard play action and just chuck it up there. And Hollywood's already 20 yards by the cornerback and taking on a safety or something like that. I think that that could be a very strong point of his game coming up. But I do think the Ravens kind of tried to go more consistent. And that's why they gave him a nonstop running game with the addition of a thoroughbred in J.K. Dobbins. So between Dobbins and Mark Ingram, I mean, either way, whenever either of them is on the field, the Ravens' whole playbook is open, and that's the point. That's why you make those type of picks, because you want to make sure that you get these type of people in your offense, in your room. That type of depth is what makes and creates champions, right? And that's what they're going for. And I think Mark Ingram, love him, but there are certain times where Mark Ingram can break down a little bit later in the season where he's not as effective as he was towards the beginning and having a a spell back like JK Dobbins that can do the exact same things that you can do. I mean, his comp almost was Mark Ingram is amazing. It's phenomenal. So maybe that's the Ravens addition to help Hollywood get open more is the constant threat of having to pull one safety down a little closer in the box or having to cheat and try to disguise too many coverages, which is going to allow Hollywood to just blow the doors right off, right? And they probably get creative with some reverses, different ways. I mean, I'm looking so forward to seeing Hollywood Brown's first healthy season. And this is what I think that they can do. I mean, the sky's the limit. You're looking at a lot of quarterbacks getting paid. A couple of teams are going to start reshaping rosters. You saw the Texans go through a big overhaul due to the contracts that are coming up and ego for the most part. You saw Patrick Mahomes become worth half a billion a week. You know, it's it's crazy how it works like that. But teams are going to have to start breaking down and build up. The Ravens are right at a great spot. In, in terms of their salary cap, in terms of the addition, in terms of the depth, they're not losing many pieces, and they got to do it this year. Because if they have a year like they had last year, that coaching staff is going to start getting plucked. Now, that's nothing new to John Harbaugh. He knows how to put great coaches together in one staff and get a cohesive unit. But again, this is when you want to get it done, right? Because Dean Pease, Greg Roman... Again, they have one of them years like last year. They're going to be hot coaching commodity candidates, right, to get moved up in another position. So I'm looking forward to it. I got big expectations on the Ravens. 
And this podcast in general will, like I said, cover the Beltway, man. We're going to be covering the Ravens. We're going to be covering the Redskins and trying to get you the inside details. Not every episode is going to be as Redskins related as this one was. But as more news comes out, unfortunately, Washington is stealing all the headlines lately with their dysfunction. But hopefully that turns itself around because living in the DMV, I mean, life is just better when the teams are better, right? When the teams are good. You know, uh, sitting with some of my nationals and capitals friends that are fans of those teams. I mean, there's it's jubilant the last few years and they've been super excited. Everybody's happy. The state of the town, if you will, is just getting better when it comes to talking sports. So coming up, we're going to switch gears. Right. So why do we call this crab cakes in football? Obviously, that's what Maryland does, and we never shy away from that. But crab cakes is going to be my reference to talk about a basketball, right? So this is how we smoothly transition to talk about basketball on this podcast. Now, first of all, no one ever calls basketballs a crab cake. It's just an excuse for me to interject with a round object and let the drop work at the beginning, right? And I'll play that again for you real quick. Crab cakes and football! That's what Maryland does! Now, the bubble restart for the NBA, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to give it two weeks after they start actually playing games because with this pandemic, I mean, the way I look at it, you mean to tell me we're going to send all these millionaires to Disney with once the playoffs start the possibility of adding their families to the bubble as well in a state that just shut itself back down i mean this is florida we're talking about this is the most defiant state we have if we had to give you a definition of defiancy it would be florida but i digress i mean we'll get to enjoy a few games and I, my hope is everyone stays healthy. We get a good finish to an abbreviated season. And what I really hope doesn't happen, but I'm scared that it might, is a potential star contracting COVID or anything of that nature close to playoff time, close to NBA Finals even. I mean, if I'm Adam Silver, if... I don't know, Giannis or LeBron catch COVID in the middle of the NBA Finals, do we just pause everything and everyone? Or do you just treat it like it's a sprained ankle and they got to go sit in isolation and we're just going to keep playing the rest of these finals without the stars of the show? It's, I hope they get it done fast. I'll put it that way. Because the more time, the more people that get added, all these extra variables. I mean, right now, they just reported today that every player within the bubble tested negative, And we hope to keep it that way. But, again, you've got a bunch of millionaires in Florida who some are not happy with the accommodations at the hotels, suites, whatever, the campus. I mean, they literally just added a barber shop there just because they were scared of players flying in barbers and leaving campus to go get haircuts. So it is what it is, man. I really wish the best. So when when we talk about the East, we do have to mention the Wizards. 
they don't have a chance right now at playoff contention. I'm just going to call the spade a spade. They would need uh, miracles in the rebirth of Jesus to actually get in the playoffs and make a run in which I wouldn't, it's not outside of the realm of possibility, but they need way too many things to happen. So what I will focus on is the positive and the positive is you have to remain optimistic. You have with this season solidified Bradley bill as a star. His star status was known in the DMV. We already knew this here. But now nationally, he's starting to get respect. And that respect can translate into partnerships. That respect can translate into free agents. That respect could translate into guys saying, you know what, I'll take a trade to Chocolate City. You know, I'll take a trade over to Washington. We'll, we'll get... Is we'll be in one of the better markets in terms of media exposure, coverage, and fans, money, sponsorship you name it, the DMV has it. This is what we do. And a lot of players, I feel like, would enjoy living in the DMV just in general. I mean, we're a stone's throw away from New York. If you're into that, we're close to all of the beaches. You know, you can easily get to the Outer Banks or get to South Carolina with a drive. You don't even need a plane for that because due to the new COVID stuff, I don't know if you want to be on planes anyway, but hey, man. In general, I think Bradley Bill has nationally got his respect of his peers amongst the league. And you still have John Wall. Now, John Wall has an inflated but earned contract. And I think the Wizards are in a great spot with two veteran stars in their prime. Hopefully John Wall's return to form is formidable and he doesn't return a shell of himself. And I'm very optimistic about that because NBA players, I mean, look at what Chris Paul is doing. Look at what Carmelo Anthony's doing. Um, Guys that are getting up there in age, a little change in the diet, a little change in the work ethic, and they're right back to being the stars that we knew that they were. But despite having Bradley Bill and John Wall, they got a young Rui, Hachimura, who I think is going to be phenomenal at the power forward position. I think he's going to be a very solid, solid, solid piece and a good glue guy. He's got great energy. I think the, I think he's a, he's a very uh, unpolished, but he's a rookie. He's a young up-and-comer that I think can do some damage. Now, Berton showed too much, so... He's gone, right? He's going to get a Ryan Anderson-type deal contract. He's overpriced himself for the Wizards to come back. And you would want or wanted to at least try to get him on a cheap two-year deal last year. But it didn't happen. He showed too much this year with all the minutes. I think he's going to be a valuable asset to any team. But for the most part, I think that the Wizards are going to be in a good spot. They just need to return healthy both John Wall and Bradley Bill. Now, as far as who I think is going to win this crazy experiment, at this point in time, I have to go with the Lakers. I think they are in the best spot, the best position to win this experiment when it's all said and done. And I think they'll be the main team or the attraction to finish it all out. I think the West is going to end up taking care of itself, even though it's going to present challenges. But ultimately, I think the Lakers versus Bucks. I mean, Giannis versus AD. 
Enough said. That's what I want to see. That's what I think is going to happen. Can some other things happen? Sure. Can the Raptors or Celtics surprise some the Bucks out in the East? Absolutely. Could the Mavs or the Trailblazers or Zion, who knows, make a run and try to get in and excite some stuff? Absolutely. But as far as me, for what I want to see, I want to see Prime Giannis go against old man LeBron. That's what I want. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get this podcast shared. I'll follow back. I'll make sure I interact. Drop in the DMs at DJX Pope. Any topics, questions, live reads on the following pod. We're here once a week, people. Peace and love.